Good morning. Welcome to Conversations with Friends with Mary Omwake, exploring ways to live our lives more fully in this wonderful world. We welcome your calls and thoughts at 242-7800. Conversations with Friends is brought to you on KAOI by Unity of Maui, where the heart is at home. Now, here's your host, Mary Omway. Oh, wow. What a beautiful day. My co-host, uh, James Jacobson's here. Jim, how are you? I am awesome. Happy day after Memorial Day. Well, it was a beautiful day. The concerts around the island and the way people remember with aloha are the sacred gift that has been given for freedom. It's a, it's a huge thing because I'm so pro-peace. And yet, we wouldn't be able to even have this discussion. Mm -hmm. I couldn't, as a woman, be a minister. We couldn't be a unity community without the the people who risk their lives for freedom. And so, for everyone, we just we honor, we bless, and um, and, and I think it makes us really care for this democracy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to get started on that today I, because absolutely. we're. Absolutely. Well, I, I went for a drive yesterday mm-hmm. just to experience, you know, how a reminder of how gorgeous this island is that oh, we all live on and I was driving around Makawa and then driving down Baldwin Avenue past the uh, uh, Veterans uh, Cemetery up yes. there and you know with all the tombstones with the little flags mm-hmm. and the, and the uh, mausoleums um, it was just touching to see all that and to be reminded of uh, growing up in Washington where obviously uh, Memorial Day is really celebrated with a vengeance and uh, to go by the National Arlington National Cemetery and to see all those tombstones with little flags. But this Makawa thing is pretty impressive. Well, I saw over in Oahu, they, they make a thousand lays. They mm-hmm. hand make the lays, and they were out gathering them because mm-hmm. I guess there was a, they were looking for enough of the plumeria to hand make a lay for everyone. And the, then I caught um, one of, I think it was on PBS, but it could have been one of the other news channels, of a family that lost their son mm-hmm. this year last year and how they in the area that their son is buried they contact every family that that the son is or daughter is buried there and then they let them know that they will bring flowers and care for that area the ones that don't live Mm. nearby i just i was so touched by that because i to lose a child at a young age in their early 20s has got to be one of the hardest things and yet to take that and say we'll we'll take we they said they never understood what memorial day was before mm-hmm. but now they've turned that into caring for the other families and letting them know because they meet them at the graveside when they come in and then they're going to go back home many mm-hmm. times and so I just, i've been touched by the great uh, wonderful things and you know we made a a suggestion that it got picked up and written up in the newspaper and everything but i think we might have been the first ones to do it way back way back when we announced the dalai lama was coming mm-hmm. and that that it would be wonderful to rename the maui war memorial to the maui, maui peace, peace memorial, memorial. always uh, it's the veterans who get to choose i mean it they're the ones who risk their lives but i my hunch is there'd be a lot of maui veterans mm-hmm. who'd say you know mm-hmm. what we gave our lives or risked our lives for peace mm-hmm. and for all of us to to work for peace for all of us have to work for peace not against anything but for a world that includes ways for everybody and that's not to minimize that there's some pretty ignorant and bad people out there but but we are smarter and we can find better ways and we can reach out and and America can regain its its uh, great gift that it brings the possibility of freedom and hope and and creativity you know, there are creative, creative solutions. solutions. And too. one of the things that I think we're going to find with this global warming, mm-hmm. as terrible as it looks right now, is it's going to force us to say, hey, maybe we have a boundary there, but you know what? There's only one one temperature that we're all going to feel, only one ocean that's going to rise, mm-hmm. and we're going to work together on the planet. And, and maybe that's what we need. It seems like Mother Nature responds to crises. And we as a human species respond to crises and that's where the creativity comes in whether it's finding ways to deal with uh, uh, wars and disagreements between countries or deal with things that we can all get behind which is uh, you know the the, the changing environment that we live in I'm reminded back at Y2K when we had a pretty serious situation and the best and the brightest people got together to solve that problem you know, years earlier before that, of course, during the Apollo launch, when, you know, uh, what's that thing with Tom Cruise, uh, uh, Tom Hanks, uh, the mission where, you know, they only had a few hours to basically to solve the, solve problem. the problem. You know, that still gives you, me God bumps when I think how, with the life on their line, they solve problems mm-hmm. that weren't possible mm-hmm. to solve. And, you know, there is a, a El Shaddai. 
is a name for God in the Old Testament, which represents the aspect of God that makes a way where there's no way, that does the impossible. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there is in all of us that genius code. Mm -hmm. And it's not in the ego part of us. It's in the deeper, connected to the source part of us. And it's just a a great time for all of us to pause and say thank you. You went to Hana. Is that right? How beautiful. And just driving around the island, you're reminded Mm -hmm. of the the absolute beauty and the ingenuity of, you know, that that the native Hawaiians hundreds and thousands of years ago put together in terms of, you know, building uh, uh, irrigation and and places to grow taro and and the way that the island was aligned into pie-shaped pieces. Um, You know, the human ingenuity and creativity has solved so many problems. It certainly can solve issues related to war. A few weeks ago, we had on your friend from uh, Tom Zinder, who's working on solutions to uh, the Mideast crisis by using a creative touch by saying maybe tourism and responsible tourism can solve some of the problems. Um, creativity has always been the solution that has solved so many issues. That and someone us. came up and told me that they're working with groups in the Palestinian schools and in the Israeli schools that are teaching the children of both of those two beautiful countries that will one day really become neighbors and good friends mm-hmm. because that is the nature of of the healing that's possible um, is they're teaching them the children nonviolent communication, how a- to feel your feelings, how to have the despair, the rage, the fear that both sides have to feel. I mean, anybody who's not involved has to stand back and see. Well, both sides have a lot of 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 reasons mm-hmm. to fear and be angry and rage and feel all the feelings. I mean, it's so understandable for both sides. Mm-hmm. When you when you don't have a dog in the fight, you mm-hmm. can see how both sides are really understandable and seeming impossible. And yet, at their core, they share, share a common ancestor, Abraham. They mm-hmm. have common a common patriarch and the common mission and and shared prophets and so I, I do see amazing things happening there and it's happening among the women it's happening among the teachers um, the gardeners the farmers the truck drivers they really want peace and you know people who now look at Ireland and it never looked like it's amazing and it's and amazing. yet here's and how Ireland it happened. Yeah, well, after 30, 40 uh, but years. It, but it then a long overnight. Time and then overnight. Exactly. It's one of those things, you know, you, there is no such thing as an overnight success. It took 20 <laughs> or 30 years to get there. It's so, the Dalai Lama. Someone asked him about it. says in the, you know, Judaic Christian Bible, Jesus, in a twinkling of an eye. Yeah. And the Dalai Lama says, yes, he said for about one in 10 million people, a twinkling <laughs> of the eye. They just get it. You know, they hear about enlightenment. They wake up. They stop being greedy and egotistical. He says, but the rest of us, and he laughed at himself, me, the rest of us, we work and we work and we work. And then he said, you know, when you do get that twinkling of an eye, it's just good karma from past lifetimes. So, right. anyway, we have a great guest today. We I'm do. so Backed excited. We do. popular demand. Exactly. She was on last week. And uh, we are interested enough. We got so much feedback that we decided to have Laurie Grant on again. But we're going to give her her Hawaiian middle name, Kea- Keakoa. Keakoa. Laurie Keakoa Grant, who is... Um, who looks more like Lori Grant than Keokoa, but boy, if you get a chance to be around her, you find out, yeah, she's the real deal. Yeah. So you were actually um, called through a vision to a Hawaiian family, a tri- tribe, as well, a carrier of a message or what, a vision. That right. Well, apparently there is a centuries-old Hawaiian legend that says that there would be a fair-haired wahine, a woman, destined to take a leadership role in the Ku Kahuna tradition. Now, I had never heard of that before, but apparently lots of Hawaiians have. And um, I had an experience in 2000 on at the Kahuna Healing Stones in Wa- on Waikiki Beach, Kuhio Beach, where I had been in a serious car accident, and I told more of the details the story last week so I'll just sort of t- fill in a few details for the re- to um, for the people who are listening this time who didn't hear it last time I had demolished my right knee in a car accident and I was on crutches and supposed to teach a Reiki class and I was led to go to the Kahuna Healing Stones um, and I was asking there was a sign there that said there were four Tahitian Kahuna and that they had come to the islands here and gone around and taught their form of healing before they left they deposited all of their mana into the stones so I was saying to the stones you know I don't know if there's any truth to this legend but if there is I could use a little bit of help I've been good really I have five kids two sets of twins some <laughs> sort of great karma I really believe um, or burning some bad karma I don't <laughs> well, know or, yeah, yeah, or, to, you know, or maybe but, both it's a, it's a lot of work <laughs> all right, it's a lot of work okay. it is with that part we'll agree um, yeah, yeah. 
And um, I said, I promise you, if you help me heal my knee, I will do whatever I can to get your mana out to the world. At most, I thought I was venting. Um, but as soon as I said that, this rainbow came straight down over my entire body. It was so hot in my hands, I felt like it was being branded. My knee was healed instantly. We had before x-rays where I had bone on bone and after x-rays where it looked like a fairly normal knee. And I saw this vision with my eyes open of all these Hawaiian gods and goddesses. And the main goddess said to me that I'd made a commitment lifetimes ago to come back when the time was right to teach the ancient wisdom that we're all one. And was I going to honor that? commitment so you know when you said i will use my resources to get your mana out you have already had thousands of students around the world you'd already been on the speaker circuit for how many 20 years yeah something so like that. it wasn't mm-hmm. like the average joe walking down and saying hey i'll get it out for it. you actually had a, a way to present you had an audience so you know there was a way you were being honed and prepared for the next step. And I, I think that's I true. just think that's always, for people to understand, you've got genius in you, everyone listening. And it may not be this particular one. Obviously, this was your journey. But everybody has a call on their soul. And, and they're being prepared for it. I agree. And I think that people ask, you know, why me? You know, and, you know, obviously if I made a commitment lifetimes ago, you know, it's just fulfilling that commitment. And secondly, um, that I, I've been, was, you know, prior to this meditating for, you know, twice a day for an hour, you know, each time. And that, you know, if you want to learn how to swim, you have to get in the water, you know. So I think that part of, you know, I was I was doing my part to get prepared to bring those higher levels through me. And um, then I was downloaded um, with all this information about how the ancient kahuna healed bones and other ailments instantly. Now, I've heard about that, this, uh, this healing of bones. This is something that's un not always done. It, there were different... Um was there a time frame when they healed differently? I mean, they, they exactly. use, now they use herbs, but there well, was a time before, when they didn't. Before the 12th century, they hadn't discovered um, herbs yet. They just did hands-on healing. So um, the information I was bringing through was the, the pre-12th century, and it was only after that that they began to do La Palau, or the medicinal herbs and plants. Um, so do they still do the bone healing? Is that not, st- not very often. I mean, I do, but I, you know, that not this, very many other people do. Can this bone healing happen um, without hands-on just through distant yeah absolutely yeah Yeah, it happened to me with the course of miracles group when i ran over my leg and i knew to call them and i had actually had an accident where the car went over my ankle and uh it it turned out to just have a mini fracture that healed almost instantly but i felt their energy come in i called right when they were in a group session and they just said we'll pray with you it was jerry john polsky mm. and uh, uh, judith scutch and um the guy who scribed with her um bill anyway it was the ones who kind of downloaded it and and i felt their energy come right into my leg which i thought i was very new at this yeah. i mean i had not been around much this was 20 well, this, is, this, this is i keep hearing it and, and, and it, you know so i thought wow it's there's wow. something to this because I, I keep hearing about this. Um, Molly has a friend in New York who has a three-year-old daughter who was just recently diagnosed with a with a, a brain tumor, mm-hmm. and the three-year-old girl um, has had all all these Reiki people and and all these people are praying for her in this prayer circle. And a week or so ago, th- she fell off the couch and broke her f- ankle, and uh, they took her to the hospital, they did x-rays, they put it in a cast, and, and they couldn't get into an orthopedist for a few days later, but all these prayers were coming to this three-year-old kid, and by the time they went to the orthopedist and they did another set of x-rays, within a few days, the orthopedist said, she has never broken, there's nothing broken, take that cast off. Whoa. And well, Jim, Jim's sitting here, you're on the radio, it doesn't come across on television, what his mouth just was yeah. open. So <laughs> but Lori, now you had a similar with a teenage I, kid. With a, te- who, with a 16-year-old boy who yeah. had um, broken his arm so badly they knew it was going to require surgery, and they knew that because they took x-rays and they made an appointment with the orthopedic surgeon 13 to 14 hours after the original x-rays. In the meantime, he came over to show my 16-year-old twins how macho he was with his <laughs> broken arm and want them to sign his cast. And you know, um, So I asked him if he really wanted this broken bone and what was he getting out of it and um, ultimately I did the arch healing on it which stands for ancient rainbow conscious healing and one of the ways that that this differs from most of the kinds of um, healings out there including Reiki 
um, is that it's conscious. And what the ancient kahuna believed, and I'll get back to the story in a moment, but um, what the ancient kahuna believed is that all dis-ease came from forgetting that we were one with the source, which they called keakua. And that how that manifests is what is an anxiety. We would probably say stress. Mm-hmm. You know? And that that stress came about from in two avenues. One was is that there was a perceived payoff that the body personality had in having that disease. Not the mind, not the heart, not the spirit, but the body personality. Or it was a lesson that until now they'd been unable to learn. And people who were out there who were oldest children or the oldest of their um, sex in their family can probably relate to having having had to have been super child. I was the oldest and actually still am. Um, So I had to do more than my share. I'd take care of my younger siblings and I had to take care of my dysfunctional alcoholic stepfather and um, you know, had to do more than uh, a young child ought to have to do. And the only time when that wasn't true is when I was sick, mm-hmm. and which is true of most super children. So they grow up, and the body, you know, life becomes overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And they, their body personality, again, not their mind, not their heart, not their spirit, but their body personality now goes, you know, there was something we did that worked really well when, <laughs> when you know, we were overwhelmed. What was that? Oh, yeah, I we got sick. Oh, well, yeah, I laugh about this because uh, this is what, the only way I know how to get out of it. You know, with my mother dying and with lots of things happening, I ended up in a two-month period being sick every other week. And I thought, ah, oh, you know. And so normally I just take a Sudafed and get up and go. But what happened was spirit gave me, so my voice, throat literally shut down. So there was, you couldn't overmed it. And I thought, see, it had to create something that sure. everybody could hear me when I was talking. Sure. There was no way to make and it was just so amazing because actually I didn't feel that bad <laughs> but I sounded like death coming through the door and I thought see I, I thought that's the only way you know how to stop Miriam Wake is mm-hmm. to have something go wrong with your voice so you have to sit down so I just tell everybody to stop stop and we're going to practice that because our sponsors who make this possible and we're so grateful to them Trish Morris at Premier Mortgage and uh, Myrna Stone who is the editor of Real Estate Maui Style and I have to say this real estate magazine this month I mean it, ha- it has the best photographs on the cover that's what month. prompted me to go on my drive is the, is the cover of this magazine in search of the jacaranda trees they're gorgeous yes they are so you went up to the wine country and went, went the back around, way I went yes. around, yeah. oh, it's so gorgeous if you haven't been up there because there's not that much time left the jacarandas are exquisite go up to grandma's or go up to the wine country mm-hmm. or go up Haleakala Road, go mm-hmm. over to uh, wonderful, the Kula Lodge, mm-hmm. great place to have a lunch or sunset mm-hmm. dinner, and see, to miss the jacarandas. So we do want to hear from our sponsors. We'll be back, right back with Lori Grant, who's going to be at Unity, I should say, this Friday, a free event. Uh, it's from 7 to 9, Talk Story. And doing healings, individual mini healings on everyone that's there. There you go. And then Sunday, she'll actually have a, a infinite enlightenment oneness enlightenment mini workshop at unity church only twenty dollars if you prepay and then you've got a, a weekend seminar coming we'll talk about when you get back so we'll be right back with Lori grant we thank you for listening to conversations with friends conversations with friends with mary Omwake is a presentation of unity on maui we are a trans-denominational community if you'd like to join our families of sponsors on conversations with friends please call us at unity at 242 242- 9327. There's a reason that Hawaii's premier mortgage company has successfully completed over $2 billion in loans for the people of Maui. With over 20 years of experience and a 99% loan completion rate, Trisha Morris and Premier Mortgage have earned the trust of thousands of Maui homeowners. Where mortgages are concerned, don't leave anything to chance. Go with number one. Call Trisha Morris and her team of magicians today. 874-8800. That's 874-8800 for Hawaii's premier mortgage company. And now, back to Conversations with Friends. We want to thank Mirror Stone and all the people who make this program possible at Real Estate Maui Style. Mary and I were talking about the beautiful cover of the Jacaranda Tree in the May issue, but every month they put out the most amazing publication that is filled with not only great pictures, but fascinating articles and a wonderful who's who of the real estate community here in Maui. So we want to thank Myrna and all the people who 
uh, bring this publication and make our show possible at Real Estate Maui style. And you know, this month, if you pick this up, they have a, a very great article on Mediation Services of Maui, mm-hmm. which is uh, just celebrated their 25th anniversary. We hope to get them on in the next couple of weeks. We missed their anniversary, and I do apologize to them because we very much wanted to highlight them. And with my mother passing, everything has kind of gotten a little mixed up. But um, they're just, it's so great. They've also got an article about the um, Kama'aina cruising. Yeah, you can actually take the Pride of Hawaii. Yeah, those, those cruise ships that go around Hawaii. If you want to find out more about them, there's a great article by Tom Blackburn uh, Rodriguez in uh, this issue. And uh, check it out. And how to save some money. The magazine's available anywhere. We ever see all those magazines are outside of mm-hmm. drugstores and grocery stores. Mm. Pick up this one. It's the one with the beautiful jacaranda tree in the front. You know, we do want to invite people down to join us on Sunday morning. We're still at the Seventh-day Adventist Church at 10 a.m. And 9.30, we do silence. And, of course, silence is the key. That's where the the grace of communing with the Lord God of your being is. And then everything rises into celebration at 10. Great children's church. They're doing uh, the genius code in you the Christ of God in you and kids are coming in just really filled with an awareness of who they are and they're really creative. Sherryak does a great job with the kids and uh, anyway we're back with Laurie Keokoa I love that Keokoa what does that mean? It means um from the divine source. It means white from the divine source. And you didn't know that when <laughs> no, they gave it to you. No, right? I didn't. And her hair is very white. So, yeah. and, and getting fa- whiter and, and every whiter day. And you, and you just, it, 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 that's very appropriate. Actually, my hair is pure white now, too. Uh, didn't start out pure white. It took 20 years of ministry to do that. <laughs> started out brown. Yeah, things. started out at 40. I was, yeah, but I remember the day, maybe eight, nine years ago, and I said to my beautician well what let's just let my hair go natural she says honey your your hair is all gray i said no no it, uh-huh. it, no it's just a little gray no no she said it's all gray and she pulled out and showed me the roots that they were solid gray so there you go it's all it's all a progress you know in the, all the kids in california think grandparents that their grandmothers all turn blonde <laughs> that's, that's what happens. At, when yeah. you turn 65, you turn blonde. Right? In yeah. California. <laughs> and that's that's what they think in California. Yeah. They've never that's seen good. gray hair. That's okay, good. Lori, tell well, us a little finish, bit about I want to finish yeah. the story first about. Please. So um, I, so the 16-year-old boy, I asked him what he was getting out of this broken arm. And he, you know, of course, said, oh, I don't know. And then finally he said, well, my dad, you know, is uh, drives an ambulance. And I guess I'm getting some attention from him. And I said, are you willing to give that up? You know, to mm-hmm. avoid the surgery and avoid being in a cast for eight to ten weeks. You know, I guess so. And then I did uh, arch through the cast, sent him to the emergency room the next morning. They did another set of x-rays. The x-rays were 13 to 14 hours apart. Not only was the did the bone not need surgery, it wasn't even broken anymore. So we don't know whether that energy, that mana, healed in the first 13, 14 seconds, first 13 to 14 minutes, or took 13, 14 hours. But sometime during that time, it took a arm that was so broken it required surgery to well, it wasn't broken at all. Or nothing we, was wrong well, with. we were talking about this, so now we've you know talked about all these different, rather instantaneous bone healings. Mm-hmm. What is it about bones that you think responds to to this type of arch energy? Well, I don't or, think it's, or, just, it's not just bones. I think the reason why I use that as an example is because it's hard for our minds, our Western minds, to conceive of a bone being healed instantly. But if it's a soft tissue, our minds, because it's softer, think that it could, you know, that that could be possible. Um, but, you know, it also heals cancer, can heal an- cancer instantly. And, you know, I watched uh, my mother's melanoma underneath her eye disappear before my eyes while I was working on her. And, and, and the amazing thing about the 16-year-old boy and my mother is, you know, they didn't believe in this. Um, right. We've also had this incredible thing happen where we now have had 18 different people levitate during getting arch treatments. And, you know, I think that's too, you know, I've asked myself, why is that? I mean, that's certainly powerful energy. It makes people levitate. They all levitate um, not more than, I think, five and a half or six inches above the, the massage table or the chair that the person was being treated in. And I think that that's... Uh, an answer to the people that think it's just a placebo effect. You know, it's pretty hard to, you know, to think that, you know, these people certainly didn't think that 
there were going to levitate, you know, so it's pretty amazing. So I'm going to be um, talking more about um, how this happened and how then uh, Kahuna Lokahi from the Big Island um, acknowledged that he discovered me and that he acknowledged that I was the um, fair-haired wahine destined to take a leadership role in the Ku Kahuna tradition. So is that the one on Friday night? That's Friday night. Sunday That's Friday afternoon. night. I will be talking more about this, and then I will be bringing the arch healing energy down through every person in the room. People have had miracles happen right then and there in the room. One person swears that she got over her stomach cancer, and another person um, who had very, very poor vision suddenly began to see much, much, much more clearly. And during a class, somebody who was blind at birth, blind at birth, began to see. I mean, during a the seminar, not just the mini thing. I mean, that's just phenomenal. Somehow I can understand if she had lost her vision sometime during her life and then could could that it reversed it. But to start out with somebody who was blind at birth that then began to see during the class, I mean, that's just phenomenal. So you and David Hawkins are using the same terminology, non-dual, which is a new phrase for a lot of people, although people mystics have been understanding, sure. talking about oneness for a long time. But uh, what he's teaching, what we're doing on the Monday Night Series, we're starting a new one a week, this, a week from yesterday. Uh, we're starting, uh, it's the 2005 series he did on the weekends, but this, we st- we're starting intention. We've already done vision and alignment. That non-dual reality is catching the vision of oneness and then aligning with it, bringing all of it, and then now intention. So you're using the same terminology, and I really appreciate uh, people who haven't picked up uh, David Hawkins' work, uh, The Eye of the Eye, or um, Non-Dual Devotion, Transcendence, Knowing God. It's, it's amazing work because it's not, uh, you could be Hindu, Buddhist, Christian. It's, it's understanding your connection as an expression of the one. Well, I'm very privileged that um, I had, as if it wasn't big enough to be acknowledged as a kahuna and actually initiated as a kahuna and the head of my Hanai dad kahuna's order. But um, as if that wasn't big enough, in 2003, I was doing an um, initiation in Boston, um, initiating my students to the breath of Eo. Eo is an ancient Hawaiian term of God for God. And I went into the non-dual state. And I didn't even know what that state was. And the amazing thing to me, and I might have said this last week, is that unlike a near-death experience where everybody experiences the same thing, or experiences different things, excuse me, depending upon what their beliefs are, in, not, in a non-dual state, everyone, no matter what their age, no matter what their culture, no matter what their beliefs, no matter what their background, no matter what their social and economic status experiences, the same thing. Which is, first off, and, and David Hawkins says that only that one in ten million people spontaneously go into this state. Um, that there is no sense of a body, there is no time, there are no thoughts, there's oneness with everything, so you are the chair, you are the people in the room, you are the source, the source is you, you have no guidance but the source, which you are after that, um, and um, absolutely no motivation to be to do anything but to be in that state, which can be a little tricky. Um, so uh, the Christians call it the highest state of human consciousness. The Buddhists call it the highest state of enlightenment because you're seeing beyond the separation. You're seeing that everything is just energy, just uh, um, a matrix. And after I had this experience and was um, in it for up to five days where I couldn't function in the world, I was seeking answers to what this was, how do I deal with it, and I contacted um, David Hawkins, and he, you know, affirmed that, yes, this I had gone into non-dual. He muscle-tested you, like when we were on the show, and Jim was being a smart aleck, and I only said, stop that. He's muscle-testing you right now. <laughs> I only did it during the break, but he well, thought, he said our show calibrated higher. Very high. As very high. Very high. So... Yeah. Even with you being worked. a smart aleck. Even with me being probably perhaps Gary. It was probably our engineer, per- Gary, was bringing the vibration <laughs> Perhaps it was, because it's the authenticity that comes through. Laura, I want to ask you, because on the, on the flyer it says, on June 20th, 2008, we're moving into the gate of God oneness. Right, so there's huh? an astrological configuration okay. where, and I'm not an astrologer, okay. so please, so astrologers don't yell at me. I'm doing, <laughs> this is a paraphrase of my understanding, is that Pluto is aligning with the core of the universe and acting like a lens to um, bring that consciousness into an opening and so many people including myself believe that if enough people go into oneness awakening or you know non-duality or infinite oneness enlightenment which is what I call it um, simply because people don't know what non-duality is (laughs) (laughs) Uh, same thing uh, just a different phrase for it that if enough people awaken to that or open up to that and I believe with our intent we don't have to just sit around and wait for one in ten million to spontaneously have these experiences you know I think we 
we can with our, you know, um, like the things Mary is doing, you know, having showing these, you know, David Hawkins videos and having discussions and bringing that energy in. And it's also said, David Hawkins says that if you are in the presence, with, if you are actually within the aura of somebody who's gone into that state, that when you're ready, it's much easier for you to make that quantum leap into that level. But he also so, says if you're supposed to be there, you will be. So there's no need to drive around and try to find one because the the uh, he's very clear about that you are exactly where you need to be, and it's good. It's so good. So. And if you need to be in my mini workshop that is, yeah. is going okay. to be helping intentionally bring the seed of that into you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people who are supposed to be there will know. I mean, they'll mm-hmm. be led to it. Mm-hmm. That I literally am taking the seed to that um, um, infinite oneness, enlightenment, or non-duality, and placing it in people. And it's different from diksha for people who thought, oh, it's just diksha. No, mm-hmm. um, and it's gonna, it helps people um, open up and uh, and get ready to awaken to awaken to that. And then I'm ultimately doing a series of seminars to help people further that growth. But it starts with the seed. That's really exciting. And if you uh, are called to that, come Friday night. It's free, and. And sign up because it's only twenty dollars. It's really good. And then tell us about this uh, workshop that you're going to do in August. It's actually three days: infinite oneness, enlightenment. Sounds kind of interesting. Well, I'm actually doing a series of, and just for clarification, Friday night we're talking about Kahuna Arch Healing, which is, and I'm doing healing, bringing healing energy down through everybody in the planet, uh, in the room, and the planet. I do every day too, Um, and um, that is different than although the ancient Hawaiians believed that everything had um, keakua, which is divine source energy in it, that everything was made up of divine source energy, and that um, you know, now we know that science is proving that, you know, that it's all just made up of energy, you know, so the Hawaiians, once again, were, you know, way way ahead of their times. Um, So that is about learning a healing technique for yourself and others. And then on Sunday, also at Unity, um, and it is the mini workshop and infinite oneness enlightenment um, it's from two to four and it's twenty dollars prepay and twenty five dollars at the door and in that I'm putting the seed to infinite oneness enlightenment in them and then the seminar that I'm doing in August is going to initiate people's first second third chakras to opening up to that because one of the problems that I and and um, many of the other one in ten million people have had who've gone into this state is the inability to function the world. And as a t- teacher known for having impeccable integrity for the last thirty years, I didn't. I thought it would be irresponsible of me to take people into this state and just leave them there. You, you know, know we, I mean, just. Uh, I want to acknowledge that because two of our staff have gone through these big uh, trainings in uh, in the culture here, and both of them have catastrophic accidents in their cars when they left. And I thought it was, you know, we own a staff of six people and, you know, the two that have had it. But, but they were just not back in their body yet. Mm-hmm. They had such mm-hmm. transcendent, mm-hmm. awesome, totally mm-hmm. amazing experience. And then just totaled their cars, both of them. All right. Well, um, and yeah. so I believe it would be irresponsible, you know, mm-hmm. as a teacher to take mm-hmm. people in that state and just leave them there. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing is we're building it from the first chakra up. Mm-hmm. So we're doing the body chakras first. And then in the, the second class, which will be after the first of the year, we will be doing the so first class is first, second, and third chakras. Second class is fourth, fifth, and sixth chakras. Then the third class is the seventh chakra and the whole body. And by that point, I hope to be able to take people into that state that I was privileged to go into where they know you know they don't just think they have experienced and the the amazing thing about people have actually gone there's different some people get a peephole into you know into that state and the ones people like me and david hawkins are privileged to go all the way into life as we know it changes dramatically because there is no unconsciousness anymore isn't that amazing that there is i don't dream anymore i don't sleep anymore i rest i lie down it's sort of like being in that half awake half sleep state and so you don't sleep i don't sleep but it's like rest it's sort of like um how many hours a day do you rest like seven Okay. You know, so six or seven. Is, so I lie down. I okay. still call it sleep. Okay. But sleep is an oxymoron because people who have gone that full range, that all the way into it, never. And one of the the things that the Buddhists use to determine whether somebody's enlightened or not is if you're conscious all the time, then you know that's one of the the definitions of enlightenment. So you can't sleep and so, be enlightened. So when that, right? when that I mean, chocolate ends time. up in my hand and in my mouth before I realize it. I'm not enlightened. <laughs> you see, but you're right well on there. your way, Mary. Okay. Right well, there. I'm fascinated by the seven hours of resting, of rest. not sleeping. Like, right. So you and don't snore. 
No. Interesting. <laughs> okay. No. Well, I mean, I, no, no, so I'm, no. I'm, I'm don't ignore. You know, we ask deep questions no. on and conversations. So then, so with then I, I never, and I used to have a very vivid dream life yeah. before this. No I have no dreams. dreams because if you don't, if you're not all the way asleep, you don't dream. Does your, is your, I mean, I don't know, have you ever measured theta? Have you ever measured your beta? Oh, the they, they brain did. State? Actually, that's a very interesting thing. When I go, when I channel the source, um, they, and this was years ago, this was 15 years ago, mm-hmm. maybe 18 years ago, they, um, when I used to do body readings long before Carolyn Mace coined the phrase. I'm so glad she did because she made it a household name. But one guy couldn't understand how I could know all this medical stuff that there was no way that he could understand as a scientist that I could know that or the source could know that coming through me. So they hooked me up to the EEG machine and they um, found out that in that state I have beta, which is the speech state, no alpha, no theta. You have no which is theta. No, no alpha, no theta, and so much delta, they had to switch the field of vision 300 times to get it all on their screen to measure it. So that's humanly impossible. So they, science says you can't, because beta is the conscious brave. This was, this was years ago. Mm-hmm. Conscious brave state is beta. That's our speech state. And then no, no alpha, no theta, and so much delta, they had to you know, increase the field of vision. 300 times to be able to measure it. I thought Delta is essentially where nothing's going on. Well, but the source is going on. I mean, me, Lori, wasn't there, but the source was there. So and what so we know you, is the you, source isn't human. When you rest <laughs> for seven hours at night, yeah. what what brain wave state are you in? I don't know. They've never done, they've never done that. Wouldn't and that be interesting? It would. It would. It's, it's sort of like Gary everybody. and I have done sleep labs. It's not fun, but okay. it'd All be right. interesting. Uh, everyone has had the experience of, everyone has knows what the state is. It's right before you go to sleep, when yeah. you're half awake and half asleep. And your body jerks sometimes, okay? Mm-hmm. That state, that's the state I'm in all night long. So I'm lying down. My body's very, very relaxed. My body, maybe from an outside appearance, would look like it was asleep because mm-hmm. I don't move around or anything, you, you know. Don't, you don't know wrestling. Your covers aren't no, tossed no, and turned, okay? No, but I'm like conscious the whole... So if somebody came in into a, the room, you would notice it. You would come back. Pro- probably not. I mean, uh, um you know, it just, but to me, it's, it's being in that half awake, half asleep state all the time. It's not just me saying this. It's the, what they know is the people who have gone into this state. They, I was saying, all have the same characteristics. They, they don't sleep. You know, they have, are in the half awake, half asleep state. Their body still rests for like a normal night of sleep. I, like I said, I still call it that, but it's really, you know, the oxymoron. They um, don't have outside guidance anymore because it's all just them. I used to have incredible journeys that I was privileged to be taken on in meditation. And there, because there isn't any outside source anymore, I don't, I don't do that. I'm just, you know, one with everything. And I just know things, you know, and, and now it's an, you know, an occupational so no, hazard. So no guides, no, 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 okay. mm, no, no. And I used no to play my... I used to blame my bad uh, um, jokes on them. <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> maybe they just left because of that. No. <laughs> I'm out of here. Can't get any uh, respect. Uh, yeah, well, anyway. So um, let me ask you a question uh, uh, that I've heard it said there's always been a Hawaii. Not these islands, but there's mm-hmm. always and there always will be a Hawaii. Tell me what that means to you. Well, I do think that originally this um, area was Lemuria, Lemuria, and that it was um, that what the Hawaiian Islands are, or what's left of you know the legend says that they're the the um, the tips of um, the land masses that when everything else sunk. I mean, yes, you know, science says that it grew up from the bottom of the ocean up, you know, in the form of volcanoes, but. Uh, um, and I think more than the geographical explanation, it is an, an energy that is different. I mean, you know, all of us, the, those of us who live here, live who, who started out elsewhere, we live here because of the feeling of aloha. And, you know, the ancient Hawaiians, like I said before, believed that everything had keakua energy and a divine source energy. So most Hawaiians to this day, before they pick a fruit or before they pick a flower, ask permission from the tree. So imagine if everybody honored that divine in everything and everyone. We wouldn't have war. Okay? We wouldn't have hunger. We wouldn't have, you know, people starving on the other sides of the planet. You know, we would just all get that everything is divine. And that the more, you know, so if you're not, if you're not, if you're treating somebody else without respect, then you're treating the divine without respect. 
you know, how ludicrous is that, right? Mm. So I think that the it's the mana here that, that and the Native Hawaiians have kept that alive. It's still here. And it's, yes. you know, hopefully we're bringing more and more of it, awakening to more and more of it. It's a, a sacred responsibility, mm-hmm. I, I think, for anyone that's been blessed to visit here or live here, especially those born here. But uh, we have been given a gift without measure. Mm-hmm. It is so Absolutely. great. And uh, to learn to be responsible. Um, one of the things we say at Unity is that we are a transdenominational community that supports the sacredness of all life. Exactly the divinity of all people and it's to learn to be able to embody that and to practice it and to be um, immersed in such beauty while we do it so Lori has to run she's just in from mainland so we're really grateful she'll be at unity at seven o'clock on friday night if folks want to get in touch with you what's your website www.archarchhealing, h-e-a-l-i-n-g dot com one word archhealing.com Lori Grant. Yeah, Grant. <laughs> we're so it's so great to have you back. Call for a cup of tea and have a blessed day. All right. Thank Mahalo you so Nui much. Loa. Thank many, you. Many, many blessings. We're gonna take we're a break. We're gonna take a break, but when we come back, we're gonna talk about some things that we all can do in our continuation of this series to help prevent global warming and things little things that we can do at home. People have asked us to put it in the Sunday bulletin now, Jim. So when we uh, talk about practical, affordable uh, steps you and I can take, our kids can take, we can all take to uh, create a sustainable future, and this planet is our only home so far. All that when Conversations uh, with Friends continues. Thanks. Conversations with Friends with Mary Omwake is a presentation of Unity on Maui. We are a trans-denominational community. If you'd like to join our families of sponsors on Conversations with Friends, please call us at Unity at 242-9327. There's a reason that Hawaii's premier mortgage company has successfully completed over $2 billion in loans for the people of Maui. With over 20 years of experience and a 99% loan completion rate, Trisha Morris and Premier Mortgage have earned the trust of thousands of Maui homeowners. Where mortgages are concerned, don't leave anything to chance. Go with number one. Call Trisha Morris and her team of magicians today. 874-8800. That's 874-8800 for Hawaii's premier mortgage company. And now, back to Conversations with Friends. So during the break, we were saying, what can we name this segment? And we were, Mary and I were plumbing around with ideas, and then our engineer, Gary, came up with a great answer. It's Jim's Cool Tips. So these are my cool Keeping tips. Keeping the planet cool. Things that, that we all can do to help uh, prevent global warming. I got really interested in this subject uh, over a year ago, and I put together a website that I want to encourage you to go to um, because there's a, a PDF download that you can get that has tons and tons of these tips that uh, really are things that you can uh, implement. And the website name is uh, aninconvenienttruth.com with dashes between each word. So an-inconvenient-truth.com. Uh, check it out. And uh, these are some tips from that. One of them uh, is if you're going to boil water, if you're going to do uh, some cooking and you want to make a pot of tea, don't put more water in the pot than you need to. Exactly. Just boil enough. You're going to have a cup of tea, boil a cup of water. Another um, that uh, Don Gross uh, called in today and, and said Heloise is talking about is uh, when you go to the bathroom in, in one of those public places that has these levers where you get the paper towels, you know, sometimes people push two, three, four, five times to get a whole wad of paper. Probably one towel is enough to dry your hands, especially here in Maui. It'll, it'll evaporate very quickly because uh, every time that we consume excess paper products in the process of uh, drying our hands or cleaning, we're wasting a lot of resources, not trees. just the trees, Those beautiful but trees. all the energy that was that was taken. The fire to, to burn to, it. To produce the paper towels and to transport them and to dispose of them. Uh, if one towel will do it, that's probably all you need. So just simple things that you can do at home, little things as we become more and more conscious about the impact that we have on the environment, the the better it will be. And as we talked about in the beginning of the program, the creativity that we all have that is going to be called to bear as we deal with this situation of global warming is, is pretty powerful. Albert Einstein has that wonderful quotation that no problem can be solved at the same level of thinking that created it. We just have to think outside the box, whether it deals with war or it deals with uh, how we can save our planet and, uh, and and turn around the effects of global warming. It's our creativity, and it can begin with this 
simple a, a task as uh, just taking one paper towel and just filling the teapot up enough for one cup of tea. And you know we can we can all do it. I remember when they said buckle up seat belts and I was belligerent for years and right. years and years. And now I don't even drive out of my driveway right. without putting it on. And it's the same thing separating your plastics from your aluminum right. from your white paper and your newspapers. And it's something that can be done so easily. It takes a thought and it takes an action on a Saturday morning and set it up once you get your system in place mm-hmm. um, to make that difference. And, you know, you realize that we're doing it for our grandkids mm-hmm. and our great-grandkids, and we're doing it for the kids that live on the other side of the world, and we're all in this together. I mean, this is what one of the things quantum physics is talking I mean, it just sounded crazy. I remember, Jim, maybe you're even too young, but I remember when they first came up with that idea that when a butterfly flaps its wings on the other side of the planet, it actually has the potential to create a momentum of a hurricane or mm-hmm. whatever on the mm-hmm. others, as you just see the compounded. And someone showed me that as a visual. And, I mean, I couldn't believe it. It's right. just not, you know, and the right. little thing that we do, the, tiniest, the little the thing that you and action. I do, uh, turn off your air conditioner in your car before yeah. you turn it off yeah. so that when you turn it on, it doesn't pull all that extra gas, Energy. and it saves. My mechanic said it could save five to ten thousand miles on your car, but it also saves the gas, it, what it takes to start it up. I heard on a national public radio this morning the um, the, the, the 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 not the Quakers, the uh, Mennonites, and 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 those folks who just very live very naturally, mm-hmm. don't drive cars or anything, mm-hmm. are now turning to solar electricity. And they're putting solar panels on their house. And this is a group that has never used electricity, but they like the idea of having a light bulb. And um, so they're not opposed to the having a light bulb. They're just opposed to, you know, tying in with the grid. So they think it's sort of like having a windmill run things or, you know, it's just natural. So they are large consumers of mm-hmm. these solar panels. They're doing solar electricity. It's fascinating. Now, of course, they have a panel that can light two light bulbs for in their house for over the course of a year. They doesn't run dishwashers and microwaves and radios and televisions, but they just need a little bit and it makes a big difference. Well, so I think, it's fascinating. you know, for all of us that have uh, watched their simple dress and their buggies and mm-hmm. uh, their lifestyle, I think they gave us the lesson on forgiveness um, last year when when a, ma- a madman went into one of their schools and uh, just killed their children. And their acts of forgiveness and their response was so humane and so godlike. I think, you know, from now on I'll never have a, a thought about, wow, who's more advanced as yeah. a culture? You know, because I'm I'm looking at the Paris Hiltons and the, <laughs> uh, the low-end girl, and I'm going— Wow, they've got everything, and look what they're doing with it. And then you look at people that live such a simple life, and yet in the human affairs of caring and loving, that older 8-year-old girl asking, kill me first, Mm -hmm. to save their life. I mean, I I just can't even even take my breath away, the the wisdom and the grace of these Mm -hmm. children. Uh, who are eternal, but mm-hmm. what enlightened beings to teach us simplicity. Absolutely. And I, th- I think that that's going to be one of the big awakenings, that, um, how beautiful it is to live in simplicity mm-hmm. and beauty, that you can have elegance with a, with a single rose, mm-hmm. with a beautiful flower bush. We don't have to have the consumption that we have. So what's one more thing, Jim? Well, we've been talking about the kitchen, but you can move, uh, you can move this impact that you have on the environment to the bathroom. Okay. Um, you know, a simple, simple, simple thing that, that I started doing about two or three years ago and I became aware of how important it was and it, it doesn't, I haven't noticed at all. I turn off the water when I brush my teeth. You know, yeah. I used to just, tur- you know, turn on the water, brush right. my teeth and let it run. Well, I have one of those electric toothbrushes that uh, has re- is rechargeable and it goes for three minutes and that's three minutes of water that was just being wasted. Now I just turn it off. And um, it's a simple thing, but imagine the impact it has. Another thing you can do in the bathroom is turn off the exhaust fan when you leave. It uses a lot of energy. It sucks out the cool air from the home uh, or from the rest of the house. And it's just simple, simple things you can do that become a matter of habit, and they can have a profound, and they are having a profound impact on our environment for the better. And, you know, just this, hopefully this segment and everybody talking about it and just bringing it up and and that is just consciousness, awakening consciousness. But today, as I was leaving, I looked down, and sure, there was a light on in mm-hmm. the other room. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, years ago, I would have just closed the door and gone on my way. But I just, you know, went back in that house and turned those lights off. And um, we're so affluent. We have so much. The fans in my house. Mm -hmm. I noticed I got a a bill while I was traveling, and I realized that that we're leaving the fans on when no one's in the house. My my cats will just have to learn (laughs) to handle it, you know. But it's just been such a a great day talking with you, Jim. Our new Jim's Keep It Cool. It's your planet. Jim's Cool Tips. Thank you, Jim's Cool Tips. Keep your planet cool. What do you think? Is Al Gore going to get the Nobel Prize? You know, it's a possibility. Is it? Is it really a possibility? I I, I saw him on Larry King a couple Mm -hmm, of days ago, mm -hmm. and he is just... He truly, I think, has found his calling. I mean, yeah. wh- he is becoming not a statesman, but uh, but a, a, but a, a spokesperson for the planet. And for the planet, and he's really uh, impacting people regardless of politics. And I think that's the the gem of an inconvenient truth. There are very very few people today who who uh, don't take global warming as a serious uh, condition that that uh, endangers the planet as we know it. And just on that, last last week was my anniversary, and so I got to choose the tithing for our community. And uh, I was so impressed with this organization, Jim, called the World Food Plan org worldfoodplan.org I'm just telling people so you can go online they for 18 cents a day can keep a child alive in Defar 18 cents a day and for a penny a day uh, you can keep a girl in school that I, I just thought it was so brilliant that when the countries are so poor and we know this in all the third world countries that the first ones who don't go to school are the girls mm-hmm. and so they devised a simple process where when the girl comes to school she gets a penny now that seems like nothing. Our kids don't even pick up pennies anymore. They throw <laughs> them on the ground. You just throw them. You don't take your change. One penny, the families are willing to send their girls to school. So 20 years from now, instead of having an uneducated population of girls, we're going to have a, a pop, an educated population. And we all know what happens when women learn how to think and read and communicate and all. So, um, the, gen- I'm, the genesis I, behind Oprah's uh, uh, school for girls in South Africa. I love it, and for everyone who's out there working and the unsung heroes. But if you're like me and you've been wondering, uh, I really want to make a difference. This World Food Plan, they spend seven percent. I really did the Google research on it. Seven percent goes to administration. That's the best I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, for us to sit here on Maui, Jim, with everything and not not be able to reach out. And, you know, we're so grateful for the Maui Food Bank, and we're honored as Unity to Tithe. We're so grateful for St. Teresa's that every day feeds the homeless mm-hmm. and delivers food for the homebound, and they could use some help. So call St. Teresa's, their um, wonderful food program they've got down there that they were asking for help. Some of our people went down to drive. They mm-hmm. need drivers for the shut-ins. Um, but it's a great life, and I don't think there's anybody listening that couldn't... Uh, afford $6 this month to feed a kid into far and send a girl to school. Absolutely. So go online, and, and if that doesn't call to you, find someplace that does, because the joy is in the giving. It is, and it's so easy to contribute, and we are so blessed to live here. And when you talk about what uh, I've learned to term money arbitrage, where you look at what a penny will do in a foreign country, something mm-hmm. that we don't even take seriously, mm-hmm. can make a big difference Makes in someone's life. Makes a huge life. difference. So we want to invite you to celebrate life every day. Take a deep breath right where you are and say, thank you, God. And keep saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. Tell somebody th- that you work with what a difference they make in your life when you get home today. Mm-hmm. If you live with somebody, let them know. If you live with some wonderful pets, let them know. Let your neighbors know. Uh, don't take it for granted. Um, you never know uh, whether this will be the first or the last time you see somebody. So treat them with the reverence that um, that our good friend Lori was talking about. They mm-hmm. are divine. Greet them as a divine being and find out how great your life can be. So it's been great being with you, Jim. It's great seeing you, and we will uh, be back here next Tuesday for oh, another episode. Barbara Marks Hubbard uh, coming up in the next few weeks. David Hawkins, Gene Houston, some local Maui magic folks. So uh, be sure and listen on uh, Conversations with Friends and go online. And go online to our website at www.conversationswithfriends.com. And you can also get this program via iTunes and Yahoo Podcasting. So have a blessed day. You deserve it. I'm James Jacobson. And Mary Elway. Aloha.